What's up, Daw Nation? Welcome to this week's episode of In the Daw with Famba. We're gonna be talking about stacking melodic. Actually, really quick, I need to point out that I have a mustache. I know a lot of people are gonna be upset. A lot of people are gonna be concerned. A lot of people are gonna wonder what's going on. Maybe you're listening to the podcast version. You can't see the mustache. I feel bad for you. Let's get back to what we're talking about. This week's episode of In the Daw, we are gonna be talking about stacking melodic layers, as well as a whole bunch of other things. Some of those things are adding pitch bend to keep things interesting. Producing around a vocal, and uh, and uh, something else, um, uh, and cutting out harsh frequencies in a vocal. All good things, all wonderful things, very healthy things, things that are gonna probably change your life. We're gonna be doing it with Thomba, and he's gonna be breaking down his song, I Feel Your Pain. Great song, wonderful song, go check the song out. You have a moral obligation to do so. Now, if you're completely brand new to the series, In The Dot is a series where we invite producers like Thomba and a bunch of other people we've done, go check out the people we've done that with, we ask them to come and dissect their songs in real time. Okay, they come and break it down, so you're actually learning from the producers that are killing it in the industry, that are actually doing what you want to achieve. You know, there's no song recreations, sound recreations, people didn't even make the song sound first place. No, 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 straight from the person. So if you are new or you're not new, make sure to go down and hit the subscribe button, like button, comment button, comment section, comment function, tab, follow, you guys know what to do. You know what to do. You know what to do. It's 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 uh, it's 2020. People know what to do. Anyways, go ahead and follow us, subscribe, so you can stay tuned to all the new content that we have coming out. This week's episode of In the Dot is sponsored by the Serum Masterclass. If you want to learn every single knob, button, function, menu, every single thing inside of Serum, right? You actually know every single thing inside of Serum. Then go down in the description right now or in the pinned comment right below this video and check out the Serum Masterclass that we did with AU5. All right, if there's anyone in this world that knows Serum, it is AU5. Absolute genius, absolutely amazing. So freaking smart. So jealous. Anyways, you can, you can, you can take the Masterclass, button down below, click the button, check out the Masterclass. It's gonna be wonderful. For those who are new, every week we uh, we call out our, our wonderful big boy Ben over there. We uh, find words that really describe him and make him feel uncomfortable. So this this week we're gonna use powerful. So let's go ahead and ask our wonderful, powerful, capable, dominant, dynamic, forceful, that's an accurate statement, impressive, influential, persuasive, potent, big boy Ben to take us in the daw and introduce us to Fongo. I heard you've been going through it for a long time now. Why'd you never call? I'm worried about you, man. You got a friend. You know that. Know that anytime I'm here to help, you never have to suffer by yourself. I'll be there for you when there's no one else. Cause I know how it feels to be in darkness. Looking up to heaven, but it's hardness. With nothing but a hole right where your heart is. Reaching up to someone is the Couple of questions I got for you. So number one, did you process all the vocals? Initially I did. We had a mix engineer kind of go over the last parts of it. So you glitched out right there, but what you said is you basically get as far as you can, but then after so long, then you pass it off to the engineer. Yeah. 
what did you do before passing off to engineer? Like, what was the process behind that? The vocals were done in a separate session. So essentially, this session was so big and so CPU extensive. There's a lot of audio clips that were bounced from different projects. Like these pianos, I had my roommate run through some sounds in his Ableton project because my computer just couldn't handle it anymore. I pretty much gave him the MIDI and then we went in and found some sounds and then like bounced that out and then put it back into this project. Man, that's a big project if you have to do that that's crazy yeah this is the first time i've actually had to do that it was very frustrating but you have to do what you got to do with kind of the leads that you have going on right here i see like an omnisphere yeah an omnisphere piano what what other layers did you have in there that was contributing to like the leads in the intro started off with a piano which i have here so this was the original piano that i just bounced down to audio i'll actually run through all of them and i can show you like what they all sound like and then at the very end we added a pad and then that like the three pianos plus the pad is what kind of made it how it is. Three pianos. After that, we added, I added this, um, this bell thing. So that's actually drones through the whole song kind of. And what that is, it's just an atmosphere bell playing those notes, but it's reversed. Here's a question that I know someone's going to ask in the comments. So when you have something like this that is like heavily layered, right? So you have like a couple layers here, you got two bell layers, you got a lot of stuff like that. What is your method of having a lot of layers, but getting them to play nice with each other? If I was to run through any of my songs, like you're going to see a lot of layers. I, that's just how I operate. I'm a big layer guy. I believe in it. I, I like it too, because if I do use a preset or something, you can't tell. Because if you're using like four or five sounds, it kind of creates this whole new like sonic identity for the instruments, you know? So like, I, I like a really weird sound, a normal straight up kind of piano. And then, you know, just try to like find these other like pads or plucks or something that will kind of like complement each other. And then you're going to have to like, you know, check phasing and go through it and like EQ out some things. But other than that, it's pretty straight up. What is your method of checking the phase? Honestly, uh, like probably the least technical. I kind of just listen. Like a lot of what I do is just wing it. I'm not like a professionally trained engineer. I've worked with a, like a lot of engineers and sat in sessions and seen how it's done. So I have an idea, but typically I kind of just wing everything and listen. I feel like your ear is the most powerful thing. I agree. And so I, I get that question a lot, like with phasing out. And really, I mean, it's, it's kind of impossible to have two sounds playing at the same time and there not being some type of phasing out, right? It's like, it's like statistically impossible. It's just, it's just if it, if you can hear it, that's when, that's where the real trouble comes in, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, all you can do is really just hope it's going to sound good. Typically, you can't even tell. I mean, sometimes if the sounds are really similar, then you're going to have an issue. But that's why I try to find like, you know, different vibes so they won't clash as much, you know. So your preferred method of stacking and layering is more so the strategy that you use is that you just add layers and you add layers. And as long as it sounds good and the, and you feel like the layers complement each other, it doesn't matter. It's just you just add them until they sound good. It's not necessarily strategic where you're like, you know, you have to have this type of layer and this type of layer and this type of layer. It's more so like, yeah, whatever. Let's just throw a bunch of crap together and see 
you, but it sounds good. Is that your method? That's exactly it. Okay, cool. That sounds good. It's definitely not calculated in any sense. Perfect. Okay. So let's go ahead and head over to, I guess you consider it the verse. Is that what's the section after the intro? So all the intro is, is just like a vocal swell, but there actually is a really interesting part that comes in, in the verse right here. So I always sent this from a demo and in the demo that they sent, it was just a vocal and piano. And then they had this really interesting bendy bell thing that didn't sound like this, but it does now. And it works really well. It, it actually almost sounds like a guitar, which I thought was really cool. And it's just a bell that's like bending, like pitch bending. So that kind of added this really interesting dynamic here. And I'll play that. Cause I know how it feels to be in darkness. Looking up to heaven, but it's timeless. With nothing but a whole right where you're Reaching up to someone, it's the hiding. So what that is, is actually just this. By itself, it sounds pretty weird. But when, once you put everything together, it kind of really sounds great. What I like to do at the end of verses or like a pre-chorus is to kind of pick it up. I'll usually add an extra set of drums and then I'll add usually another layer, like a piano or a pad and then a bass. So like all of that together. legit every song I've ever made in the last like year. I love it. It's a silent patch uh, that I tweaked a little bit and I have like a couple parameters set so you can open it up and close it and the cutoff envelope is like perfect. So yeah, this is what it sounds like. actually bent it in the same uh, parameters as the bell. So the bass bent with the bell. Yeah. Why do you think that bending leads like that, bending basses like that, right? Going between notes is so effective. I mean, that's what that, because that is one trick that like every melodic dubstep producer does, right? Every every melodic dubstep producer, they have like their big saws and they have their, like their little bass fills and stuff, but they always have a lead sitting on top that's like bending from note to note and it's so effective. It is, yeah. I think it's to create movement. Like we have all these static instruments just playing chords and there's really no movement besides the vocals but once you once you add a little bit of that bend it, it, i don't know it, bring, it gives it a little bit of like an organic feel where it feels real it's like not just static and that's why i like to implement stuff like that so if we're having a part that's very static add a little bit more life i love that i think that's fantastic amazing all right let's keep going we're doing good this is good i can kind of go over the drums too the drums here are very simple but effective drum bus um first and foremost for this song i really wanted the kick to be like anthemic and like reverby and punchy so i have this this kick here which is like the main kick and then i added this stomp on top of it to give it a little bit more like pizzazz i don't know what the word would be but <laughs> so it's it's just like a little little hit and what i did is i widened it a lot and then i added where I out everything so you're really only kind of feeling it and then I'd have a tuner on it to make sure that it was in key so then together they sound like oh, that's nice. and I actually only added those kicks on um, certain kicks because of the little like do the little filler kicks I decided not to put the stomp on it because I wanted the, the main beat to be a little bit more accented I guess you could say for the claps I love doing this so what I'll do is I'll have a I use four claps here so on the first clap it's very reverby but then on this every second clap, I add this big like church clap, stadium clap kind of thing. So that just kind of like adds a little bit more movement too to the drum bus. So that's also uh, 
filtered out. So I took so you're just getting that uh, one to nine thirty hertz range on that, and it just adds a little bit of like room to the drum bus. I find with this song, you'll find a common theme is there's a lot of reverb, it's a ton of reverb, and then here there's actually some snaps, and then I added another clap on top of that second accent clap, which is just like a big tambourine, tambourine clap kind of thing. That's nice. So I guess in total there would be about yeah, probably like seven. Seven claps, eight claps, which is just overkill, but I love the overkill. So that would be the claps. And then here, for the, the, uh, like the tops, I could just use like a loop. And it just worked. So then, uh, yeah, then I'll together. Everything that's going on in the verse pre-chorus. I love that. I love that. I love that. Cool. Sweet, sweet. Let's keep moving on. Yeah. So then right here in this pre-chorus, this is something I actually went back on a lot of times because I did, oh man, so many, so many versions of the song. There's been like at least 40. Whoa. Of like different arrangements. When I first started it, it went through like at least five different drop ideas. Like it, it just took a long time to figure this song out. I almost gave up on it a couple times. I knew I wanted there to be this moment. This, there had to be this space of like four bars where everything drops out and the message of the song kind of comes through like the tagline I clear pain and I really wanted that to be a moment where it's just like listening in a crowd it just gives you goosebumps like I didn't really want to create that moment so what I did is just strip it down it's literally just the vocal the piano and then um, that bell that I was showing you earlier in the, um, in the verse but I feel your pain more than you know it's okay. You're not alone. So I feel you. All that is, it's just this. And then the uh, this chord change at the very end, which is like spicy and just kind of like leads up into the uh, into the chorus. I think really well. So, question with everything that we've been talking about. So, you mentioned that you have a lot of things that have a lot of reverb on them, and you do. You have a crap ton of reverb on a lot of stuff. How do you make sure that your reverbs don't fight each other? That the mix doesn't get too muddy when there's that much reverb? It's a struggle. It's a that's an everyday struggle, and I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, to be honest. Like I'm I'm like the least technical, but kind of technical guy ever. Like I kind of just do things, and if it sounds good to me, it sounds good. Like I said before, I don't really put a lot of thought into it. Like it sounds good to my ears that's probably fine and then you know at the very end we have a mix engineer so this is actually the unmixed version which sounds like pretty well exactly like the the final but it, he just fixes my mistakes essentially got it got it got it okay cool 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 it's because this is how you're saying like this 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 little this little nook right here this is like before everything really comes in but kind of after the pre-chorus right is that right yeah so this is like there's a space this is like the drop-off point this is the only part of the song it really actually does that and then um this would be the first chorus and this is where stuff starts happening. Cool. Let's check it out. Alright, so that is that part. 
when it comes to builds like this, right? When it comes to the section before, do you have any any tips or tricks or things that you really like to do inside the build that you feel like is really effective? I can definitely show you some things. My kind of style of buildup is I like to start off minimal and have it fade in and then kind of just hit this like huge peak. I guess you could say I don't have like intense buildups right off the bat. I kind of like things to build and build and build. I love just the, the tension. But what I like to do to, you know, kind of like accent a build is just like fade things in. All these things here, all these instruments are all fading in and filtering in. A lot of it is just like using like a high pass and then kind of opening it up on some parts and having sweeps that are fading in. And then I also did a snare build up to that filters in and then subtly starts opening, which I can play. It's here. Okay. So like with this, show the automation here. So that is just a snare, uh, pretty basic snare. And what I did is I um, used a one knob wetter, which is from Waves. So basically it just kind of like, it's washing it out, but also kind of giving it a lot of life. And um, I, it starts like filtered out. So you can only hear like the low end of it. Yeah, and that, and that kind of just like, I think it just gives it a little bit of life. Also, oh yeah, there's actually really no processing on that stuff. So I guess I'll kind of go over like the instrument parts of this. Actually, one of the cooler things we did, so I got some guitar parts from my roommate. He's just a great musician. These are kind of a theme in all the buildups, notably in the bridge. So like I said before, I like to filter things in and kind of have them like slowly building up. So these are the guitars. it i actually had him play it softly and then slowly start picking up the intensity of like strumming so to give it that build-up feel because these were intended to just be for build-ups kind of thing so yeah that was kind of the thought process behind the guitars there's just so much stuff here it's hard to even like <laughs> go over literally everything in it there are these other guitar parts we added to i forgot about they're just playing other parts which is just like picking a certain, a couple of the notes. Has like an emo vibe to it, which I love. Yeah, so emo guitars. Yeah, so that's it for the guitars. And then here is like the main instruments. So I'll spray them all together. Basically, that's just a stack of pianos, pads, plucks, etc. There's some automation going on, basically just opening it up a little bit. I had, this is just a sidechain compressor that is being bypassed. Yeah, so they basically just are kind of filtered here. And then at the very end, they open up into the drop. Um, nothing too crazy going on there. So I'll walk through like each of those as well. So this is actually another pad that is bending. has like a floomy vibe. Uh, and then I add these clocks that, so just to give it a little bit of movement. So it's not just like... Dun, dun. 
here, I added this pad and this distorted organ, which sounds unreal, I think. Just a nice sparkly little. Yeah, that's, that's about it for the music parts here. Oh, right. another kind of movement piece that's filtering up just a kind of a you know accent to build a little bit further i think the star of this section is these toms which are here oh. and all those are it's just like war drums from the cashmere pack that are just compressed a lot without the the build sounds like like nothing like it like nothing like it should sample a couple toms that are beating dude that's wild i want it to feel very anthemic yeah it's, it's crazy how how like something so simple as a tom could do so much right of course that's awesome yeah and then other than that all there is is just this sweep here one simple sweep uh there's this little ambient thing here probably not doing much yeah you really can't even hear it totally i like adding little things like that in just to fill up the field um, there's an impact here, just to kind of highlight the second half of the build. Yeah, other than that, that's just, that's about everything. Oh, and then there's the kick here that kind of goes for on the floor. Yeah, and that's pretty much. Awesome. I'm ready. I'm ready for the job, man. Hit me hard. It wasn't like this melody that I, I mean, I, I guess I came up with it, but it wasn't like, I didn't do it in MIDI. So how it worked is I actually took the vocal, I took the vocal and chopped it up. So I'll play the vocal chop and then I followed the vocal chop melody with synths, the kind of like hammer home, the melodic content of it. But I'll, I'll kind of, I'll play it for you guys so you can hear what it sounds like alone. obviously a ton of reverb compression so the group channel just has a basic eq on it cutting out some of these uh, harsh frequencies that alter boy which is like a pitch manipulation plugin creates i imaged it quite a bit um, for anyone who's looking to image things there's a really interesting trick you can do honestly don't know i couldn't tell you why it works but it works it's just one of those things so you just take oh in the uh, ozone imager you basically just take this band which starts at 10k you bring it down to anywhere from like 6.8 to 7k uh, use a stereo feature take the low band down because you don't want to you don't want the lows to be wide and then you kind of just play at these knobs until it sounds good but it's a trick that works really well that's awesome that's a really good trick thank you yeah no problem and then I use this multiband compressor to kind of just duck out all these harsh vocal chop. Whatever you do with vocal chop, 
up, they're going to sound messy. Like they always sound kind of like wonky. So you have to do a lot of taming on the highs and like the mid high frequencies because it can just get out of whack and really like overtake everything else. I want the vocal chops to just kind of like glide on top and not just be like punching in the face. So just a lot of work basically to tame the frequencies that were created artificially. So it's going to be a little confusing here because I kind of just slap these together. Like when I do vocal chops, what I would do is I take, I go right here, take the lead vocal, and then I would just splice i just cut them up and start dropping chops in until it sounds cool oh man that take forever right yeah yeah but i find it's the best way because you have the most control over it and you know you never know what you're gonna get i think i'm on my ep and find myself i did the exact same thing so do you with with doing that do you go through and you you chop it up are you doing rhythm first and worrying about melody later or are you actually finding the rhythm and the melody at the same time yeah actually both at once okay so you're like okay i see what you're saying so you're not because what some people do is like they go and they'll like chop it up they're like fine i like the way this vowel sounds it's not really the note that i want but i like the vowel how it sounds and i like this and that and then they'll go in later with like a little altar boy or some some kind of pitch manipulation and then construct it to the the actual melody they want but you're doing everything all at the same time right yeah like like i produce like a madman like there's no motive like just do things until it sounds good and i've always worked like that and I, i like it for some reason it just works for me so i just been sticking with it so this is what the melody sounds like without or what the vocal chop sounds like without all the boy. boy onto it. And then it's basically just that duplicated with a bunch of different altar boys. So different like pitches, different formats, like the first, and I cut the highs out of the first one. A lot of like surgical EQing to get vocal chops right. And the first one, yeah, this is what the settings look like. And then this, which is the one you hear. So, yeah, so that's the vocal chop. On these last ones, I actually added pitch correction because I want them to sound really robotic. Well, this was at zero when I opened the project, but another guitar that was actually playing in the chorus is here, just giving it some life. And the lead, which is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine sounds stacked on top of each other. Sounds like this. And it's just following the vocal chop melody. CPU clipping here, which is going to happen in, the, in a project like this. Yeah, so in the group, it's just OTT7 and LEQ. You'll see that's a common theme for me on my group buses. Saturn's great. Little nugget for everyone out there. There's this preset called Basic Saturo O, and it's great. It just, like, I use it on leads and basses. I want a lot of oomph out of it. It's very sharp, so you do have to adjust for it afterwards. Like, I'll just play it with, with and without. So it's a pretty drastic change. That's without... And this is great. So it just, it really brings it to the forefront of the mix. And I love it for that. So here, I'll go over the couple of sounds here. So this is like, honestly, none of these are the lead. They're all just like combined together to form the lead.
together form this like huge wall of sound. And there are a lot of wonky, weird sounds in there. And when I'm looking to layer leads, I love to add a lot of like really weird stuff that you would never expect to hear in there because I find it just adds this like new layer. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. When you're stacking a lot of layers like that after you've went through and you've found all the layers that you want, do you pan them at all? Like, do you kind of construct them in the stereo field or do you just kind of leave them sitting on top of each other? So I, I have two of them. Um, usually I'd only do, I mean, ideally in a perfect world, you'd have like one lead in the center, one lead mono, and then two that are going left and right. I don't know. With this, I just went a little overboard. Yeah, I always like to do one that's going left and right. Or like two, I should say. And then here, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's filtered, yeah. And then it comes in on the second half. Actually, I remember before I finished this, I actually didn't have anything here. Like when I was on my very final version, I actually decided to put all these back in because I remember they were muted in the first one. The same thing that was in the, in the same parts, like over top, side chained, etc. You'll see OTT, Saturn, EQ, again, on this bus. The bass is, I, I wanted it to be like a fart bass. <laughs> you see here, the fart bass. But I wanted it to like slam. So another OTT on the, on the group bus. It's just a bunch of re-spaces that kind of work together. obviously being the lead sound so it's just those two basses and then a piano bass which i i kind of remember where i heard this trick from but it's cool and use the lowest kind of register and use that as a bass sound it's a cool trick um you know what? i think it was from the zed song one of the one of the zed songs but i also used brass to kind of give a lot of more life to the bass just to kind of give it some attack like the uh like the, the first hits, like the transients, I want them to hit, like slap a little bit more. So brass is really good when you're working with Reese's. And this section and the second half of it, I don't know why the string is in bass group, but. So we use those to kind of create some movement in the second half of, uh, of the drop. Uh, you see the part here. And then I also took the piano somewhere in here and did the same thing. Oh, here it is. Did the same thing, just chopped it to audio and then kind of cut it off so it was like choppy. And you can see I kind of just like literally took it and then just took like the, the initial attack of it and just like copy and pasted it. And then just faded it out on the tail end there so it doesn't make all these popping and clipping sounds. That's kind of all of the music parts of it. And then the drums are probably like my favorite part. I love making drums. I use a lot of them. So I'll kind of play just the drums together here. It's good because I do the lead and then um, I do the drums afterwards. So it's kind of like a payoff for doing all the, all the melody stuff. I'm definitely a drum guy. So this is a drum bus. standard drums but there's just a lot of layers that really kind of like push it forward so like these would be the snares which is one two three four five six snares and then i like to add these offbeat or little uh snares 
which is like kind of like a classic like hip hop or trap kind of trick. And then there's these just some basic loops and shakers and stuff. And then there's some more that come in on the second half. One of which is like a stick sound, which I thought was really interesting. Top of that would just be these basic hats. Which is just a very basic pattern. Oh, and, and then these claps too. I thought it, it felt a little bit empty. So I just added these claps to kind of like rhythmically go with all of the other percussion. I thought it was a good touch. And I cut them off dramatically because I wanted it to feel like a dramatic kind of like cut. I didn't want them to tail out. So yeah, that was kind of like the decision making, I guess, with those. Bridge. Let's talk about the bridge. Cut the bridge. Okay, so I guess the last part, uh, so I wanted it to just kind of drop out and be this like really, really cool moment. Yeah, so it's basically just vocals. Vocals and a guitar, and then a really cool build up which will go over. So I'll play the bridge. Baby. I feel it every time your heart comes crashing low. <laughs> so I'll try to get through this quick. So it's just these two guitars here. They're really nice, really pretty. Um, so it's just the guitars. I believe there is a piano in there somewhere that I can't find. There is not. Every time your heart comes crashing low. This part is the vocals. We added all these layers and shouts. I feel it every time your heart comes crashing low. The magic in that is, is there's all these, you know, changing harmonies with the ooze. So I thought that was a really, really cool part. This part here. And those chorus elements again slowly. Feel it every time your voice cracks on the phone. Well. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that. For sure, man. I mean, I wish I could show the bridge. I was producing it. I was running into the same problem. Sure, sure, sure. But it really just sounds like the main magic that came with the bridge is just like the sheer amount of like vocal stacking that you have inside of there and everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the magic was in the vocals. And I think a lot of the song, the magic was in the vocals. The production was just uh, highlighted. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So with the vocal stacks that you have inside of here for the bridge, is the magic coming from him just recording a bunch of different takes and then you guys bringing them in inside of here? Or is it takes are altered by you and like in the production sense and that's why they're magical like what you see what i'm saying so we did the song and then it had no bridge jensen had written the bridge and then i was like wow this is this is magical like you know let's go to the studio and we'll record all these layers so at the very end of the song we kind of went through you know we recorded all these layers and the chorus and the bridge did all the harmonies the ooze and the shouts and everything we did it at the very end and then i kind of just went home and pieced it all together but with the vocals i try not to manipulate them really at all because i felt like they they felt great already that's awesome man well, dude this is awesome that you broke all this down and is there just out of, as a final question is there any concept in music production that you feel like you don't understand but you really really want to understand it is there any concept like that for you yeah like advanced sound design is something i've been working on i'm not good at it i'll be honest like it's not my uh, i don't go into a session to serum and start blasting like knobs i more take the songwriter approach like I've, I've always been like a songwriter first and foremost and i 
like making songs, but sounds don't come naturally to me for sure. For sure. So the reason why I was asking that is because now we're going to ask the viewers to be able to comment below on resources for you to learn advanced sound design. Guys, if you know anything that could really help him out, comment below. That'd be really, really helpful for him. Please, that'd be great. Well, sweet, dude. This was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I, I didn't even realize we spent so much time on this. What's up, Dot Nation? I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of In The Da with Famba. And if you did, please comment down below. Please, that'd be so awesome. Or send us a DM on Instagram. Take a screenshot. Tag us in an Instagram story. Send us an email. Uh, if, if you're into letters, you can send me a letter. Don't, don't do the letter. Do the other things. That'd be great. If you're listening on the podcast, I know that some of those options aren't available to you. Still, I'd love to hear from you somehow, whether through Instagram or or some form of direct message through the internets. I'd love to hear from you. So if you enjoyed this week's episode, I would highly encourage you to check out our other episodes. We have so many. We have like a lot, okay? So make sure to go check those ones out as well, as well as check out our Behind the Daw series. It's different from In the Daw. In the Daw focuses more on production, the technical side, and then Behind the Daw focuses on everything else that you need inside of your music career that's not technical. Things that are like your mind state, uh, marketing side, uh, the philosophical side, the creation side, all that kind of stuff exists over on Behind the Daw. We interview big music producers like we do in this series, but we also interview music industry experts, singers, songwriters, sound designers, anyone that I think is valuable and that could bring a lot of knowledge to the table. So make sure you go check that out. That is also on this channel if you're on the YouTube channel or if you're on the podcast, it is on there as well. In the Daw are the green episodes, Behind the Daw are the purple episodes. So make sure to go check that out, have fun. High five yourself. So the final thing I need to mention is the Serum Masterclass. Now, this week's episode, of course, is sponsored by the Serum Masterclass that we did with AU5. If you want to learn everything, every single knob, button, function, I've said that thing so many times, from AU5, who's an absolute genius. If you want to learn how to use the most popular and powerful, powerful, popular and powerful plugin in the entire world, Serum. Serum's a thing, Serum's the most wonderful thing in the world, and what if you could learn it from someone who knows it better than literally anyone else on the earth? I mean, seriously, Steve Duda himself has applied things inside of Serum, functions and capabilities and things that I can't even begin to understand into Serum because of AU5. AU5 told him to do it, Steve Duda did it. I mean, come on, it's freaking amazing. So, if you want to learn Serum, you want to take the masterclass, we'd love to have you. Link down in the description. Click the link in the description or click the pinned com com comment. Pick, pick, click the pinned comment. There we go, wow. If you're on podcasts and there's no link, there's no description, there's no anything like that, I totally understand, it's totally cool. We're gonna get through this together, okay? You can head on over to dawnation.net and you can check it out over there as well. As well as all of our other products. Oh my goodness, we have so much going on. We got a, we got a masterclass with Crywolf. The pre-order is open for that. That's gonna be a big boy. If you love Crywolf, you, love, you wanna know more about creativity, where does creativity come from? How can you be creative all the time, no matter what, in any situation? That is gonna be coming, I think in August, September. Somewhere around that time. We also have the School Base, which is a much bigger sound design course with AU5. It's not just conformed to Serum, it's, it's sound design in general, right? Really advanced sound design tricks. So that is, uh, that's over on donation.net as well. We got the Levitate Masterclass, nice quick little mini masterclass, four songs, learn how to work, learn how to make four really advanced songs. You can find that over on donation.net. And finally, the Zodiac Masterclass, learn 14 songs, 14 of them, that went on to get over 100 million streams. Learn how, how how to make them. Learn how to learn how to how to how to do it. How to... Anyways, you can learn how to make that album. All these things 
are over on DawNation.net. You can find those things over there. So head on over there. There's also links down in the description. So DawNation, with all that out of the way, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, repost, follow, comment. I already said comment, comment again, comment, comment in the kitchen, remember that thing. Anyways, make sure to do all those things. We'd love to hear from you. Loved, uh, we always love when you see names pop up, the regular names of people that comment and follow and all that kind of stuff. That makes it sound like they just follow us over and over again. That sounds weird. Anyways, do something like that. We'd love to hear from you. And make sure to check back here in two weeks when we release our next episode of Behind the Doth. Okay, with that being said, I will see you later, Dawn Nation. What in, oh, really quick, really, really quick. Should I keep the mustache? I'm not I'm not 100% certain. I kind of want to grow it out like a lot, like re, like a lot, and then curl it up and you know, like like twist it up with a bunch of wax and stuff. I kind of want that. I feel like that'd be a really good branding move for Donation. Yeah, I like that. We should do that. Let me know if we should do that. Comment down below. We'll see you next time.